The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on The Horn. Hour two on a Wednesday here on The Horn, uh, here on The Sports Complex. Let's get into some NFL news, notes, and nuggets. You can join the conversation. 512-337-3776. I know I said news, notes, and nuggets. I'm used to doing it with Rod Babers. We did a show for a long time together. So, or a year and a half. That's a long time to me. So I, I'll find out my own phrasing for it. I won't steal from uh, the great Rod Babers. You can hear every morning right here on the Horn. Uh, morning 6 a.m. to 11 a.m. with uh, Aaron Hogan. Ty Henderson is producing it. It's a good show. You should check it out. Uh, let's get into some uh, NFL news. I do have some sound from Mike McCarthy uh, during practice yesterday, I believe. Uh, we have a little sound from there. And D'Amico Ryan's uh, Texans actually kick off their first game of the season, first preseason game, is tomorrow. They play tomorrow night at 6 o'clock, so we will get into some Texans. Uh, more Texans tomorrow, probably in the 5 o'clock hour, uh, to get ready for for what is coming up uh, in their first preseason game. I know it's only preseason. I know, but... It's football, and man, we all want football. They have rookies. They have rookies. They're actually going to play. Like You're actually going to see a starting quarterback. Davis Mills ain't going to be the guy. We'll get into that. Uh, a couple stories from around the league to get us started, though. Uh, if you've got anything, hit us up. Specs text line, 512-337-3776. Uh, the first story we see is that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be starting Baker Mayfield on Friday for their first regular preseason game. That is not a set of who will be the starting quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They have... Uh, said that even that next week Kyle Trask will be starting. They're going to give them both a shot and see where they end up. This is not a great place to be for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You've leveraged everything into Tom Brady bringing those guys in. And if you're Bruce Arians right now, how happy are you that Tom Brady ousted you as head coach? Tom Brady said, I don't want to be around this it's Bruce Arians. Guys, he's, he's, he's headbutting with me too much. And then they don't have a great season last year. Get removed from the playoffs unceremoniously. Now you're coming into another season. You have Baker Mayfield trying it one more time. Did well in Cleveland, just wasn't good enough. Never, never got over that. Never was able to take that next step where he needed to be to be a real franchise quarterback where they could could base and and, and put it all on your shoulders. Could he have been as good as Dak Prescott? Maybe. I, I don't know. I mean, we can say if you wanted to build a defense first team, Baker may have been the guy. I don't know if he's a he may be a little bit too erratic for that. But if you're Tampa Bay, do you try and say, all right, we can use Baker and at least he we can we can try and teach him how to how to handle it and just handle the offense and we don't need a lot out of you? Cause we know that we don't think he can take that next step. He couldn't do it in Carolina. He couldn't do it in the Rams in LA. He and now we're gonna send him over to Tampa Bay. So we'll see when he comes out and uh playing for something that Baker Mayfield can do it. Kyle Trask, I don't have any faith in that as well. I don't know if there's any good hopes if you're in Tampa Bay, but uh, I don't know what the over-under is. If anybody knows, send us into the text specs, text line 512-337-3776, what the over-under is for uh, wins this season for Tampa Bay, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say the under. They are uh, amazing wide receivers, too. You still have Mike Evans on that team. I mean, there's, there's still really good wide receivers over there, and... Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask have not looked good in camp, have not looked good in any video that anybody has put out. Maybe, look, maybe Baker's got some some of that magic left, some of that sooner magic left. Ugh, threw up in my mouth a little. Uh, 
over in the Colts. Kareem Hunt meeting with the Colts. He met with the Saints. Kareem Hunt just not even listed for, or did not even mention in any of this running back discussions for months. I don't know if he was just like, ah, I don't want to go to training camp, so I'll wait. It seems like what it might have been. Uh, I don't know why the Cowboys aren't talking to him. We'll get into the Cowboys and the running back situation shortly. But Kareem Hunt meets with the Colts. I, I say I liked him with the Saints. I get that the Saints have drafted a running back they have. Uh, they signed Jamal Williams from uh, that played in Detroit last year. One of the best. I, you, they need to send one of the Hard Knocks cameras just to film him. I'd watch that. I'll watch Jamal Williams talking. There's a great clip. Oh, I should have cut this out for us today. I'll, I'll try and get it for tomorrow. Of uh, Jamal Williams talking about beignets and uh, just saying their funnel cake. It's 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 amazing audio. It's great stuff. So I, I uh, I'm a fan of of Jamal Williams. Uh, so I get that even if Alvin Kamara those first four three games, but if he comes back, maybe maybe it's going to be too much of a logjam for uh, Kareem Hunt. I like him in a, in a load share. Uh, but if you go over to Indianapolis, you know, is Jonathan Taylor going to be able to – is he going to be happy with you? He's not happy with the Colts right now. He's already walked away from the team, basically. It's, and I know he's not holding out. He's not walking away. He's got an injury. He's got an ankle injury. He said They said, oh, he's not here because of his back. And he said, but I didn't say my back was hurt. And they said, we're trying to help you out instead of finding you every day. And he goes, yeah, but it's my ankle. My ankle's hurt. And I'm sure it is. He's a running back. You're not helping your cause. Again, that new contract if you're hurt. You have to be Derrick Henry good of years and years of just playing 16 games, 17 games a year for someone to want to pay you even just what you used to kind of get if you were a decent running back. But I, Kareem Hunt to the Colts, I don't I don't mind. I think Kareem Hunt, uh, he works with a, an Anthony Richardson. We'll see if he can get there. He's not going to be great at pass protection, but also that's not a huge problem if you have a mobile quarterback. You'd like to have somebody that can at least, you know, not let you get blindside hit for a rookie, but I don't mind that. I don't I don't mind that at all. So Kareem Hunt to the Colts, uh not I, I I'm I think this is good. I think he's the question is gonna be what well, how much money does Kareem Hunt want? So I, I that'll be one to watch. We'll see if he signs anywhere with the Saints, with the Colts, if he picks where he's gonna go. Uh another story that came out today, Ron Rivera uh steps back. He basically stepped back and, and issued a mea culpa on his comments on Eric Bienemy. Yesterday he said for Eric Bienemy that uh Eric Bienemy, some of the players were Taken aback uh, by his by his intensity, that Eric Bieniemy walked in and and it, it made it seem as if Ron Rivera was somewhat criticizing Eric Bieniemy. A lot of people believe that this is a head coach audition for Eric Bieniemy for the Commanders. That's one of the reasons he took it. A lot of people believe that people like Eric Bieniemy more than Ron Rivera. That Ron Rivera doesn't necessarily have the best track record right now. And I agree. And comments like this is why though. This is why people are shying away more from Ron Rivera because Ron Rivera is a really good coach, but he got stuck working for one of the worst owners in sports history and Dan Snyder, and he got stuck in this having to make excuses, having to cover for so many people, having to work in a, in a terrible environment, and it took this edge where he was never the, the, you know, the loudest coach or anything like that, but it just took him to where he's constantly trying to put out fires instead of igniting fires. And you, then you bring in Eric Bieniemy and he's igniting a fire. And we saw this last year with Ron Rivera, that Ron Rivera basically came out and said something about Carson Wentz. And, you know, depending on what you took from it, blame Carson Wentz for a lot of their problems, even though he was one of the people who wanted to bring Carson Wentz in, allegedly. 
that he he was all on board for Carson Wentz and brought him in and then started him and said that's our quarterback and then blamed him for a lot of the problems and then had to come back and say oh I apologized and I don't blame him for all our problems. Ron Rivera's been through a lot in his life. He's been through a lot as a coach. I think he's a great coach. I don't know if it's going to continue to work here in Washington. I think the team needs to rebrand. I think they're already talking about, you know, with Commanders is going to be the continued name if they're going to try and get something else. They have new ownership. And I'm not saying Eric Bieniemy is the guy. I don't know. We will see when he is calling the plays this year on offense. We will see what he's able to do this offseason, this season. But I will tell you that Ron Rivera better have a hell of a season if he wants to keep his job past this year because I feel he has gotten too much into the Dan Snyder having to apologize because he's always – you know when you have a friend and the guy's a really good friend to you and he helps you out and it's a guy who does – but he may piss off some other people. And I've got some friends like this. That, you know, they're, they're a good guy and you know them and you, and you see them with their family and they're a good family guy. But then they go out and they have a couple drinks and they become a problem. And then you, you they listen to you, you separate them, you do it. That seems like what Ron Rivera is dealing with with Dan Snyder was, or was dealing with for years. That he'd go out there and go, oh, Ron, you know, you can't come and do this. And hey, man, we need, dude, you, we, get, we need some money over here. We can't charge people for it. And, Ron, and Dan Snyder's, and he just becomes apologetic for everything because he just knows Hey, man, it sucks here. We all know it sucks here. We're trying to make the best of it. That doesn't need to be the culture going forward. And if Eric Bieniemy is changing the culture to put a shock into it and get people fired up, great. That's awesome. You need that. I think that's really your only hope of competing in this division this year because – we know the Cowboys are going to be good. I mean, I don't. I have some doubts of this offense. We'll get into that in a second. But the defense is going to be good. The Giants bring back Daniel Jones. Saquon Barkley's back. Another year with the new head coach. Another year uh, with Daniel Jones performing, hopefully, at the same high level, for, at least for Giants fans, hopefully. The Philadelphia Eagles, we know we're in the Super Bowl last year. It's a tough, conference, a tough division to compete in. And I'm not sure Ron Rivera's got it in him to get out there and be hard-nosed again. Now, he said today he was happy and that it was working out and, and he, was, he was all for it. He was, you know, he said, oh, now players are having their aha moments today. That's what he said today, that it is working out. And, now, you know, maybe, maybe it came out and, and you all took it wrong. Ron, I, I need you to not blame yourself. I need you to be strong and be a head coach. If you want to compete, I get it. I get it's rough, and I get you had to apologize because you had an awful owner for a while, and you were trying to just just wade the waters as any way you can. You got new ownership now. It's not your fault. Go out there, and when the, when the media says, hey, we, we think that you said that Eric Bieniemy is a jerk, you come out and go, I didn't say that. You said that. I need you to show a little bit more fight with this. Get a little antagonistic and go go have have some backbone, Ron, because you're you've been through so much. You are a good coach. But this is just this is a trend now. You're apologizing too much. Jack Del Rio, two years ago, made some unfortunate comments, as I'll put it. And what did you? You had to apologize. And you made Jack Del Rio and you apologize. You need to stop apologizing and start winning. 
And Eric Bieniemy comes from a place where they just win. It's what they do. And if I want to look at a culture that is built like winning, I'm going to look at Andy Reid's. And I'm going to talk to the guy who just came from Andy Reid's. I'm not going to go to the guy from Ron Rivera and the commanders that have been a pile of garbage for the last few years and are basing everything now on Sam Howell. And that, that's going to be your guy. And I know Sam Howell, he was projected to be number one before his O-line disappeared at UNC. I get that. Let's get to Mike McCarthy sound. He came out uh, yesterday at practice. And uh, I pulled some clips from this, but I want to talk about the main thing that we have talked about on this show and on previous shows uh, about the running back room and the Cowboys. We know that Ronald Jones has been spinned. He has also not been there. He's not been, uh, you know, he's not been at practice all the time. So Ronald Jones is, look, I'm not sure, but there's, I don't see Ronald Jones making this roster. I didn't see him making the roster when they signed him. It never made sense to me why you signed him. You have Malik Davis, you have Rico Doddle, you have Deuce Vaughn, you have Tony Pollard. You're going to keep probably three running backs on your roster. And I just named you four that I would take before Ronald Jones. And I know Ronald Jones had a bigger upside at one point in his career. I don't see it anymore. I, I, I tend to believe that scouts are normally right, especially in a running back market, that if a guy can't make it on two teams and can't see the playing field. It's not that I can see it. Because when I would watch and I would sit there with Zach Moss and I'd say, Zach Moss has more and I don't get why he's not playing. Because I could watch him and he'd get on the field and he could, he, you know, you've got to see some of it. Ronald Jones couldn't even break onto the field. Mike McCarthy was asked about all three of his running backs that are not starting. Here's uh, Mike McCarthy at practice yesterday on Malik Davis. Yeah, definitely. He's, uh, you know, number one, very, very natural runner. We knew that. And I think, think he ex- he showed that last year with his opportunities. Uh, but the pass pro in, in, the, in the route running has, has really improved. So Malik, Malik's having a very, very good camp. So we get the first there of Mike McCarthy. Pass pro's improving. He's getting better in pass pro. One of the big issues, Tony Pollard, we know, is not great at pass pro. Ronald Jones wasn't great at pass pro. So it's something that you're worried about because it was a Zeke Elliott. Zeke Elliott, the name that keeps popping back up, Zeke Elliott. He was really good at pass pro. So let's see what he says about Rico Dottle, and let's see if the pass pro mention continues. Uh, all the little things. I think him and Malik are very similar as far as how they, you know, their inside run ability, uh, their ability to, to read blocks, anticipate the second level. So I like that about him. Rico has probably had uh, some of the most impressive pass pro pickups so far this camp. And, you know, we tend to forget Rico, you know, scored a touchdown on a kickoff return, you know, as a rookie. I mean, he's, you know, his second level running is, I always felt exceptional. I mean, he's a young man that had some injuries he had over, overcome and, um, I think we're just seeing a healthy Rico. There we go. Another guy doing well at pass pro. He's the best at pass pro. This guy, he can come in there. He can do some pass protection. So that's another one of Rico Dottle. Hey, man, maybe he's getting healthy. And also, hey, man, we're going to throw in maybe, you know, that roster spot that we're going to keep. You know, we signed Gavante Turpin last year, and we thought this guy was going to be something special. We thought Gavante Turpin could be something real special. And could return, but now they keep taking the kick game further and further away. So now there's not really kick game. They want to take the punt game away, kind of too. They don't really want returns in the NFL. So why does it make sense to have a guy who didn't show the ability last year to really get out and break a lot of them? 
he's too small so that even if you're talking about just a little bit of field position, five, ten yards, he's not really getting you that either because he has to fit because he's a smaller guy. Well, Rico Dottle, I mean, he returned one. Remember that? Maybe Rico Dottle, we keep him because we put him over on the special team side and we keep him in and we see what happens with our other running backs and we're able to keep all four, Tony Pollard, Malik Davis, Rico Dottle, and Deuce Vaughn. But that takes us to Deuce Vaughn. And Deuce Vaughn is one that we think, that many people think, has a very bright future. But the ceiling on Deuce Vaughn seems like it's there. It seems like, hey, man, you're never going to be an every down back. If you're Darren Sproles, Darren Sproles had a great career, and that's awesome. And for wherever they got him in the draft, awesome. That's great. So I'm not opposed to having Deuce Vaughn in that role. Now, you know, and, and what the running back market is now, Deuce Vaughn's going to make $2 million, $3 million a year to do that. So that's fine. So you can have Deuce Vaughn do that. But again, he is somebody that comes in at pass pro and a little bit smaller. He was asked about not only – uh, Deuce Vaughn in pass protection, but Deuce Vaughn size playing at the NFL level. Well, I think Deuce has had uh, a really good camp. I mean, his his work yesterday was off the charts. I mean, just the amount of work he had in, in special teams. Um, so the, the, what I'm going to is the versatility. You know, he's he's really shown excellent versatility from special teams to offense. Uh, I think we're all we all smile uh, when he does pass protect because. Um, you talk about you know the instincts, awareness, and, and most importantly the footwork to get yourself in position. He, he has that. You know I mean, so you know whether he developed it at K State or it's just you know he. I, I've been very impressed. You know he understands protections. Very smart player. Um, so uh, he, he right now we're just rolling him in there, and you know he's doing all the other things that the, the running backs are asked to do no differently. So uh, and I think that's important that you do that through the install phase and so he has clear understanding of offense. But uh, I, I, I've been very pleased with his pass protection. How do you think he's handled the physicality of the pad of practice? Oh, yeah. No, he's fine. Yeah, no, not, I mean, that's, I mean, he's, he's pro ready. Yeah, I, I have no concerns about Deuce. So he may be the best now. He's the best at pass protection because he's got the know-how. He's got the knowledge. He can be the best at pass protection. If, and this, for me, that's what it's talking about because if Tony Pollard, he is not at a camp. He's coming back. His pass protection is not going to be much improved from last year. He's not going to have the drills. That's where I want to see it. If we know that this tight end position, you got a few guys, but you don't necessarily have your guy at tight end, this O-line, we, I mean, we're hearing more and more that there doesn't seem like there's going to be any resolution with Zach Martin, that Zach Martin, unless he decides to come back and play for the Dallas Cowboys, he may not be a Dallas Cowboy. He's going to have to make that decision to accept the contract he has. That's what all. That's what it looks like right now. So if that's coming down now, the good news they got today: Tyler Biotish, uh, Mozzie Smith, both were out of practice the other day for uh, for injury concerns. Both of them seem to be super minor, so that's a good sign because you can't lose another offensive lineman right now. But if you say, "Hey, man, this old line maybe pass protection for Dak Prescott," and we want to go deep, what did Ceedee Lamb say? We want to go deep. Mike McCarthy said in this press conference, "We want to go deep." We want to go deep. You can't go deep without pass protection, whether it's O-line, whether it's your tight ends, whether it's your running back. You have to have that pass protection. Can Deuce Vaughn do it? And can Deuce Vaughn do it against a linebacker releasing late? Can Deuce Vaughn do it against a defensive end, a big defensive end releasing late? Can he get that pass protection? And can he stand in there and take the hit? Or does he look like Zeke playing center the last play? 
And that's what it comes down to because if you are a Cowboys fan and you don't want Zeke Elliott back, you don't want to enable Mike McCarthy and Jerry Jones to have their buddy Zeke come back into this lineup because he's really good at pass pro. You really need one of these guys. Deuce Vaughn, Rico Donald, Malik Davis. You need one of those guys to be really outstanding at pass protection because that's really where you're going to look at it because they want to throw the ball. They want to get the ball, and even if it's a short game or wherever it is, they want to do those things. And if Tony Pollard is going to get the majority of the carries, well, we can take a guy who's only going to get four or five. We got Deuce Vaughn who's going to get some carries anyway, but we need to find who's going to be else is going to be on this roster is going to be who can pass protect so we can throw the ball downfield. That's where it's going to be for the rest of this roster, for the rest of this running backs. Rico Dottom, Lake Davis especially. Who's going to make the team is who can pass block, who can pass protect. I'm not sure. I don't know. I can't tell you which one of them it is. But right now, that is what I'd be working on if I was a Cowboys running back, is pass protection. Uh, I do have a little bit more sound from uh, Cowboys training camp I want to do. Uh, this is much more, a little bit more fun. Uh, Neville Gallimore uh, used to play at Oklahoma. Of course, Deshaun, uh, De- uh, DeMarvion Overshawn. Uh, DeMarvion Overshawn was mic'd up uh, during practice and uh, had a little fun altercation with Neville Gallimore about the Texas OU rivalry. Hey, that's love. That OU Texas, though, you know. Hey, when I left, it was 49 no us. But when I was there, y'all maybe got one dub out of the four years. But I mean, yeah. you got it. That's why we all the same spot for a Yeah, yeah. They knew we had to uh, link up together. When I left, it was 49 <laughs> 0. I, I love it. Look, and I get the Devil Gallivers right. Hey, man, we were normally winning all these games. I love it, though. When I left, it was 49 0. Couple notes about the Texans. They will be playing tomorrow. A uh, couple notes to hit. Uh, D'Amico spoke on what to expect tomorrow for uh, some of his players. Uh, I will tell you, defensively, it's going to be interesting to watch what this team does tomorrow. Because D'Amico Ryans is throwing a lot more complex scenarios. He was asked today about uh, how much he's going to show in preseason. And his basic answer was, people have film of what our defense is. Like, I ran in San Francisco. There's film on what the defensive, you know, system is. People know it. It may alter some. But, you know, the basics of the system already exist. So it's not like we have to hide things. But also, we're putting this with a lot of young guys, some rookies, some guys without a ton of experience, and a few older guys. And they have to all learn this system and learn to play together. So you could see some big plays break against the Texans as somebody misses an assignment. That's not necessarily a bad thing. That's a growing thing. But uh, I think the defense in the preseason is something that you're going to have to watch with a grain of salt and enjoy the good plays. And some of the bad plays are gonna, just going to be there. You just got to take it. But it, it, I think the bigger part is, are they allowing six yards every play? No. Are they just allowing big plays and they're, and they're stopping some other stuff? Then that defense will look really good in individual play. And then uh, when asked about C.J. Stroud, he basically said, uh, I just want to see C.J. Stroud go out there and command the huddle. So I don't know how much C.J. Stroud will see versus how much Davis Mills. I'm guessing it's, you know, kind of flow of the game. I would expect a first quarter probably just for C.J. Stroud. If he does well, you get him out of there a little bit quicker. 
But uh, a couple things to look for. That game will be at 6 o'clock tomorrow, so we'll probably talk about it again in the 5 o'clock hour uh, tomorrow. Maybe we'll get a guest on. Who knows? Who knows what's coming up tomorrow? Uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, we'll give you an update on the Rangers. They played earlier today. The Astros uh, have another game tonight. We'll talk a little bit about the heroic comeback that happened last night. And uh, also, Astros GM Dana Brown had an interesting thing to say when he was on a radio show uh, this morning. Also, Gilbert Arenas is not happy with the USA men's team. We'll talk about that a little bit as well. And then we'll get into last call. If you've got any suggestions for last call, things to do tonight, send it up there. Not a lot happening in sports world tonight. So if you've got something happening around town uh, or a, a TV show or something that we should be watching tonight, send that in on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. And remember to join our conversation for Patrick's Big Fat Poll of the Day. We're taking your suggestions on who is the worst sport, the worst owner of an American sports team in all time. We'll get back to that more on the Sports Complex and the Horn coming up. The Sports Complex of the Horn. Me, I'm super fly, super duper fly, super duper fly. Me, I'm super fly, super duper fly, super duper fly. Me, I'm super fly, super duper fly, Me, I'm super fly. When the rain hits my window, I take it. Me some. Back at the sports complex here on the horn. Little Missy Elliott. Little Missy Elliott there for you here on the horn. Uh, for playing the best debut songs for our debut week. And uh, this has got to be up there. This one's always a banger. Missy Elliott with the rain. We could use some rain. I, I would take some rain right now. Preferably not on Sunday. I need it to cool down. If you could rain like Friday, Saturday, that would be great. Sunday, got a big show out at the Railhouse celebrating Liam's life and legacy of MC Overlord. If y'all want to come out there uh, happening Sunday at the Railhouse and Kyle, come on down and say hey to me. Uh, but uh, let's get into some uh, updates on some MLB action real quick. Uh, the Rangers play today, lose 2-0. to zero. They'd been on a win streak since the trade deadline. Uh, that is now ended. They lose the game. They are off tomorrow, staying in San Francisco, because when you play in Oakland, you stay in San Francisco, not Oakland. And they will begin their series next week with the Giants, uh, or on this weekend, uh, later this week, on Friday, they will begin their series with the Giants. So just kind of hanging out in San Francisco to, today and tomorrow, I'm sure, for the the uh, Rangers. Not the way you want to do it, but it's not a travel day. So I guess, you know, you don't want to do it on the day off, but if you're not traveling, it's not as bad. Uh, I think they'll be fine. This is a little bit harder of a series, though, uh, going over to play the, the Giants. The Giants are a team vying for a playoff spot versus the A's, who, well, their owner is on our list of worst owners, so that's probably not a good sign. Uh, the Astros, as well, they are uh, they are playing tonight. They get a big win last night. Kyle Tucker, uh, basically John Singletary, first game. There's a great article up on The Athletic, if you have not read it yet, uh, about uh, his, his entire, uh, basically, his path from being an Astros prospect and being the next big thing to all of his troubles in life. And, and this, I believe, is third stint on the Astros. Uh, kills it in minor leagues. The question is, can he hit in the majors? But he did a big thing last night, drawing a walk. Ends up, uh, Jordan Alvarez gets a hit where the same guy who had stolen a home run from earlier misses the catch, can't get over there. They get on base. Uh, Kyle Tucker gets on base. You have Bay, or, uh, sorry, 
Yeah, Jordan got to on base. You have three guys on base. Kyle Tucker gets a huge at-bat, keeps fouling the balls off, finally gets a ball he wants, knocks it over the fence. Astros take the lead. It is a major blow to the Baltimore Orioles. I don't think that this will be the end of it. They're going to be coming back today. I've not checked the score yet. I will check the score before we get off uh, to let you know uh, how the Astros are doing today, playing right now as well. So we'll let you go. Uh, Chaz, my, uh, Chaz McCormick and uh, Mauricio Dubon back in the lineup. Also a note that Ryan Presley does hit 10 years of MLB service uh, today. So uh, congratulations to Ryan Presley. And uh, Astros GM Dana Brown was on the uh, Sean Salisbury show on Sports Talk 790 this morning. He was on talking about several things. Sean Salisbury asked him at the end, hey, you know, I, we always get asked. What, what about Kyle Tucker? He's not signed his contract. We haven't given an extension yet. Clearly, this guy's playing out of his mind right now. Wins a game for you against the, the league-leading Baltimore Orioles. What are we going to do? When are you going to pay him? This is a quote from uh, Dana Brown this morning. Let me put it this way. Kyle Tucker will be a Houston Astro. We feel strongly about getting it done, and I feel he will be an Astro for the rest of his career. We'll get it done. Says, yeah, there's going to be some things about, you know, we got to talk to his agent. Right now we're focused on baseball, and then we'll get with his agent and we'll get it done. It does not seem like he had anything nice to say about Kyle Tucker's agent. <laughs> they would have seen that. But uh, Jim Crane is going to have to open up his wallet and pay some serious money to keep Kyle Tucker. Uh, the Astros fan base will be very upset if you let Kyle Tucker go. Terrible. So, uh, but the news that he says... Kyle Tucker will be a Houston Astro, and he will be an Astro for the rest of his career. If that is true, Dana Brown, if you can pull that off, if you can get Jim Crane to, sh- to shell out the money and you are able to keep Kyle Tucker, and I think a big part of that trade for uh, Justin Verlander, and I know people say you had to give up some big prospects. I get that. That money to be able to get a Verlander back but get his contract basically paid for so now you have a little bit more money and you're not paying that $40 million a year to, to Justin Verlander. A lot of that's covered by the Mets. Gives you that little bit of wiggle room to go get Kyle Tucker. That's a very cool thing. Something else I want to get to real quick before we get to the end of the show. Gilbert Arenas, who is uh, never uh, known to uh, shy away from a controversial take, I, I don't agree with a ton of his takes, but I think this one at least it merits talking about because the USA uh, men's basketball team, they started off, uh, they played on Monday uh, their first game. They went 117 to 74 against Puerto Rico. That that score is very, uh, it doesn't tell the whole story because it was still somewhat close in the third quarter. Now, it was never really in doubt. It was never a point where you thought, man, Puerto Rico might win this because you could tell USA was kind of taking it slow. But they, they turn on the, the afterburners and blow them out. And, and, yeah, it's one of the things. When you have the NBA, the conditioning is going to be better. The You know you just have more depth that everybody on this roster is playing at a higher level. Uh, Gilbert Arenas was not a fan. He was talking with uh, Trey Young and I believe his other co-host on his podcast uh, about what he thought of the, the roster for Team USA for the FIBA World Cup this season. You see that list, man, they got, man, oh, sorry-ass group. So, I, listen, I'm happy for the people who make it, right? It's, it's cool. Like, you know, it's cool, it's cool for some of the guys who got there that I don't know, right? That don't, some of them probably don't even start on their team. I don't know. I don't want to look at it. 
because it's embarrassing sometimes where like you have star players who's really stars that do want to participate and you just automatically just say yeah he's not going to fit our style how the f you know if he's going to fit the style or not you didn't get a man a chance or you don't even give up like there's there's a reason there's a trial invite us all and let us show you that we can adapt we're like we didn't get to this level because we didn't adapt. We adapted yeah. very well. So don't judge me how I'm playing on my team. Like my team, mm -hmm. this is how I'm playing. Let me show you what I can do around other players. Just give me the shot, but it should be so crooked. So crooked, what Gilbert Arenas says. Uh, I'll give you the lineup uh, for this USA team to give you a little context. Paolo Bencaro, uh, Mikhail Bridges, Jalen Brunson, Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, Jaron Jackson Jr., Cam Johnson, Walker Kessler, Bobby Portis, and Austin Reeves. So uh, he went on and doubled down on his podcast yesterday or today. He doubled down on it, and uh, and basically I, I can't play the clip because it was just there was too much cussing and there was too much back and forth and everything else. But he was basically saying uh, other than uh, Anthony Edwards, everybody else would be the fifth best 12-man team in the NBA, which isn't true. Paolo Bancaro is the up-and-coming star. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton, he just doesn't. He just plays on a team that Gilbert Reese doesn't watch on the Indiana Pacers. He had 12 assists in that game the other night. Brandon Ingram has gotten MVP votes. Brandon Ingram has played really, really well at points for the Pelicans. Jaron Jackson Jr. is your defensive player of the year. There are players on this team, and I know a lot of them are younger, so you don't necessarily know them. And, and this whole, hey, man, you, you're not giving people a shot because, you know, and he says we, so this is clearly sour grapes. I get it. This roster, when it includes guys like Bobby Portis and Austin Reeves and a Walker Kessler that a lot of guys haven't heard about, but Walker Kessler, in all honesty, if you would have go back to that Rudy Gobert trade that the Timberwolves made, and you go back and you say, hey, would you trade Walker Kessler for for a Rudy Gobert, rookie contract Walker Kessler versus Rudy Gobert and all his money, Walker Kessler with all the potential that he has after he showed one season, you wouldn't make that trade now just for that one guy. Not to mention all the other picks, not to mention everything else. So I, defensively, I get it. You put him in, he fits your system. A guy like Cam Johnson, probably not the best player, but a guy who can get in the system, he'll sit around and shoot threes. This is the problem of Wyatt Gilbert Arenas and why he never understood how basketball works at the NBA level. He understands a lot of things, and he can play basketball better than me any day of the week, and I know he knows a lot more about basketball in a lot of ways. But the fact that he continues to have this idea that, no, man, you just we just go out there and play street ball and we'll beat these teams. That's not how it works. And, and it's the commitment you have to put into these games. And that's the reason there are, more, are not more guys. If they went out and said, hey, Jason Tatum, you can come play on our team and you basically got to show up on game days and that's it and you don't have to make all the practice commitments and all that other stuff. And, I mean, you don't even have to make these first five games. Because they're playing, they still have four more games before they actually get to the FIBA World Cup. They're playing Saturday and Sunday this week. They're playing Friday and Sunday of next week, right? And they're going to be in Spain uh, Saturday and Sunday, and then I think they go to Saudi Arabia. Uh, so they're they're going to be playing some other these other teams, right? But the commitment of time and their bodies and everything else—that's why a lot of these guys don't want to be there. Now Trey Young's in that clip; he doesn't say anything. So you wonder if Trey Young is one of those guys who's like, ah, you know what? I'd rather stick out of this one. I don't need to be a part of this. But when you look at players, and we want to look all, all across uh, other teams. So uh, to give you context of who is in this team, Brandon Ingram's a good player. J Jaron Jackson Jr. is your your player from uh, your defensive player of the year. I get Josh Hart doesn't make a lot of sense. Mikhail Bridges, if you hadn't seen what he did in Brooklyn, wouldn't make sense. But he's one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. So I get why he's there. 
I get Cam Johnson. He can defend. He can shoot threes. I get he's not a top player by any means, but I get why he's on this team. Bobby Portis, that's the one that I would probably think the most I wouldn't get. Austin Reeves, you know what? You got to scare him with a white guy. You always got to put a couple white guys on your roster just in basketball just to throw them off. Some of the notable NBA players playing for other teams. Dominican Republic, Carl Anthony Towns playing for them. Jordan Clarkson's playing for the Philippines. Kyle Anderson's playing for China, which is weird. He got his Chinese citizenship. Uh, it's through his maternal great-grandfather. And no one knows if he had to give up his American citizenship for it, but he really wanted to do it. He wanted to play in the Olympics. He wants to play in these things. So Kyle Anderson is going and probably got a pretty hefty bag for changing his uh, his, his uh, citizenship. Kyle Anderson playing for China. Serbia's got a bunch of guys like Bodan Bogdanovich, some other guys in the NBA. Uh, big ones. Greece. Giannis is supposed to be playing for Greece. That's huge. You have uh, Laurie Markkinen, who's an all-star. who's supposed to be playing for Finland. Australia has a ton of guys, including uh, Dante Exumito, who's on the Mavericks now. But Josh Giddey's on that team. Josh Green, who plays for the Mavericks. Joe Ingles. Patty Mills. Some good players. And then, of course, Slovenia has Luka Doncic. Canada, Jamal Murray. SGA. Dylan Brooks is on that team. R.J. Barrett. Lou Dort. There's some good players over there. Now, Dwight Powell's on that team, so any Mavericks fan will tell you uh, that it's terrible. So if you you don't worry about them uh, because, you know, they have Dwight Powell. So I wouldn't worry about them. And France, of course, has Nicholas Batum, Evan Fournier, Rudy Gobert, all playing for France. Some good teams. Victor Wimbayama not doing it this year. Victor Wimbayama stepped off of it this year. Uh, because he knew the time commitment. It was too much. I, I don't get I get why Gil- Gilbert Arenas is upset because it doesn't seem like you you may reach out to a John Morant and say, Hey man, do you wanna you know, you're not able to you know, you're suspended. Why don't you try and come over here? This isn't NBA related, this is uh USA basketball, and maybe you could help uh, you know, change your image by being on a on a fighting for America, winning gold medal for America. Maybe that would help your image. Maybe you call up a John Morant, but you don't know if he's a team player or not. Maybe you call up a Trey Young or DeJounte Murray, or you call up one of these guys that has a, a history of being a more ball-dominant player and you don't go with this lineup. I don't think Jason Tatum's going. I think a lot of these guys don't want to go. They go to the Olympics for sure. But FIBA? I don't need to go to FIBA. I don't want to deal with You know what? It's not as fun. It's not, a, it's not in a great – it's not as, in, as in fun of a place. And I just – I, I like my off season, and you want to take two off seasons in a row. The Olympics are next year. You want two off seasons in a row. I get why this lineup is going to be pretty different. I imagine they'll still keep Jaron Jackson Jr., Brandon Ingram if he still wants to be there, Tyrese Halliburton, Jalen Brunson's been playing great. I'm sure he'd still be on the team. Paolo Bancaro would not surprise me if he stays on the Olympic team. Mikhail Bridges. If he continues to progress, will still be on that team. There's only a couple guys that you think wouldn't make the Olympic team. Because of a Jason Tatum or a John Morant or or a Jalen uh, Jalen Brown now he's on there. If Dame Lillard wanted to come out, the older guys don't normally, or LeBron or somebody wanted to come and play in the Olympics. There's only a few of these guys that you go, okay, they get knocked off. Josh Hart, yeah, he wouldn't be there. Cam Johnson, you'd replace in a, you know you'd replace Bobby Portis, Austin Reeves, of course you'd replace him if you get a a top tier talent. But most of these guys would play on the Olympic team. So if you say over half of this roster would play on the Olympic team, which is definitely the bigger team where more people want to go because they are they do have qualifications to be there, then this isn't the fifth 
team NBA that we're sending over there. This is really the second team, third team NBA. I get your your people are looking like people like Gilbert Arenas are looking at guys like Austin Reeves and Bobby Portis and Walker Kessler and saying that's the whole roster. It's not the whole roster. It's that's just that's the end of the bench. The end of the bench. The guys who knew they were going to go and not play a ton of minutes, that they were only going to play in blowouts. The guys who are willing to put in a ton of work, be good practice guys, learn the best players and and mimic other players in practice. Those guys. And you need to have the guys that will bring the intensity to practice. I always love what David Robinson said about the Dream Team. In any docu- uh, documentary or any story you see about the Dream Team, they'll talk about the, how the practices were legendary because it was the best players in basketball getting together and trying to prove they were the best. David Robinson said that after those practices, how tough they were and how hard everybody went in practice, said I, it changed how I had to be at practice when I went back to the Spurs. I realized I needed to dominate every practice because it'll make everybody else better. If I play at 100% in practice, it makes everybody else have to play at their 100% in practice. If I'm, if I'm saying, well, I'm better than all these guys at 75%, so I don't have to try as hard, it makes me worse. It makes the team worse. I need to go out there and play my best. I love that attitude, but that is the attitude of why guys like Gilbert Arenas were not on the FIBA World Cup teams. We're going to come back, wrap, wrap things up on last call. Join us on the conversation, 512-337-3776. We'll be back here on the Sports Complex on the Horn, 1019 AM 1260. The Sports Complex, afternoons 5 to 7 on the Horn. Last call. So either hook up now or go home and take care of yourselves. To alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. That's what I do. I drink. And I know things. Bring a pitcher of beer every seven minutes till somebody passes out. And then bring one every ten minutes. I'm very drunk, and I intend getting still drunker before the evening's over. All right, time to wrap things up here on the Sports Complex. It's Last Call. Every day on Last Call, we'll give you some suggestions of what to do with the rest of your day and uh, some uh shows to check out, some things to watch on TV. I can tell you, not a lot of sports... On the regular package today, uh, we can give you an update on the Astros. The Astros currently in the bottom of the second. They put up two runs in the first, one run in the second. They're up 3-0 to right now over the Baltimore Orioles. Another uh, Kyle Tucker home run, an Altuve single uh, that knocks in Jose Abreu and, uh, and Dubon. So, Astros up 3-0. We know no lead is safe, though, so I won't celebrate that one too much. Uh, that game is ongoing right now, so you can check that one out if you wanted something else to do. It's also $1 hot dog night up at the Round Rock Express. They're playing the Albuquerque Isotopes. Uh, shout to Round Rock Express. The $1 hot dog night. It's been a while since I've been up there for that. But, uh, you know, always nice to just shove cheap hot dogs down your throat for a little bit to to feel like you're saving and you're, you're helping, and then later that night – Realize that uh, you've only played yourself. Always a fun thing to do. A real American tradition. Uh, And also a band, Foam, is going to be playing at Mohawk tonight. Uh, Foam, a very cool band. If you're into kind of uh, just a little bit more psychedelic. I'll go psychedelic is what I'll say about it. It's a cool band where it is... uh, you're going to feel the vibes. They're playing at the Mohawk tonight, so you can check that out as well. Thanks to everybody 
uh, who joined us on the Specs text line today. Uh, March shot getting a lot. So March shots definitely have to go on this list. Yes, you mentioned the Hitler thing. I, I read that quote earlier. I actually read, wrote that quote down for March shot, which is Hitler was good in the beginning, but he went too far. That is a quote by an actual owner of an MLB team. Uh, I think that probably puts you on the list. There's some terrible other things. Donald Sterling had some terrible quotes. Dan Snyder. I don't know how I'm going to figure out who is the top four, because I can only put four in this poll. Who are the top four worst sports owners of all time? I don't know. That's going to be the, you know what? If you still listen and send us in your top four worst owners, then maybe I can pare down from there. We'll put some on there. Uh, 512-337-3776 is the Specs text line. I, I do appreciate uh, everybody uh, for joining in on the conversation there. Uh, we will be back tomorrow. We'll give you some more. We'll get you ready for the Texans' first preseason game of the year against the New England Patriots. We'll get you uh, up to date. I believe our brother Joe Cook is going to be calling in to talk some Texas football as well. So all that coming up tomorrow on the Sports Complex. Until then, be safe out there. Take care of each other. Take care of yourselves. Keep your underwear clean. And we'll see you tomorrow right here on the Sports Complex on the Horn.